And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. We've gotten to the end of the week here, and we've survived slightly. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday. Jason Hunt here in the studio. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. We cover science fiction, fantasy, and horror Without the purity tests, without the gatekeeping, without the litmus tests, we don't care. Everybody is welcome here. The phone number if you want to be part of the program, Pennsylvania 65000. Ask for Glenn. Uh, Barring that. We do have the live chat open if you are uh, watching live. If you're not live, then uh, you can certainly leave us a comment or send an email live from the bunker at sci-fi.com. Run almost, almost all, most of the social media, most of the prominent, primary, main, well-known social media channels. We're not on every single one of them. And that may change coming in January. Who knows? And uh, we are also working on our plans. We are updating right now. I'm in the middle of updating our BitChute listings uh, just to to give everybody a sense of where we are there. Uh, Been updating because this is something that I have neglected because... A while back, YouTube was sending uh, your uploads. We we had them connect. We had the two accounts connected, and I could just you know whenever we did anything over on YouTube, it automatically ported over to BitChute. That is no longer the case because BitChute apparently is persona non grata in the in the world of of Google and Twitter. So we're having to go back through and update and, and add add those manually. So we're playing catch up there. <clears throat> Congratulations are in order to Jeremy over the quartering. They just passed one million subscribers. Uh, if you are into uh, games and pop culture and some different things, I'd say... If you don't uh, subscribe to this channel yet, uh, I would I would say check it out. It's worth the time. Jeremy's got some interesting things to say about some different things. Uh, a couple of bits of housekeeping here coming up this weekend. Coming up on Saturday, we are going to have an interview with Martin Owen. He is the co-writer and director of The Intergalactic Adventures of Max Cloud. It's a new movie that's hitting uh, digital platforms on the 18th. So we're going to be talking to him about that. And uh, 
it's it hopefully we've got uh, we've got a screener so we'll take a look at it and and hopefully get a review out fairly soon so we will be looking at that and then of course on on Friday night tomorrow night we'll have a brand new no uh, uh forgot to mention that Saturday's Good Morning Multiverse that's where we have the interview with with Martin Owen that is at our current new time which is 11 a.m. Eastern 10 Central which was our original time. And then on Friday night, we've got a new Ranker Pit, and it looks like everybody's going to be back. Uh, Mindy, me, Sam, Mac. Uh, Mac is feeling much better now, so she's going to be back. She says her plans. And then, of course, we have uh, a new uh, Salacious Crumbs that we just dropped this past weekend. So... Uh, our, our past Tuesday. So all of that going on uh, as we speak. Sci-Fi Snob in the chat, welcome. Uh, playthrough of Cyberpunk 2077. I am not. I don't have a console. Well, I don't have a modern console. I have an Atari 2600 over there and that little black case right over there, that, that, that cabinet there under the Return of the Jedi poster. I have an Atari 2600. That's the only game console that I... Well, it's not the only game console. I have a, I have a Wii that we had when, uh, when my kid was little. Uh, we'd use that for some games, but it's not hooked up. So I'm not playing Cyberpunk 2077. I have seen some of the controversy around it, though. And I'm glad I'm not in games media. That's, the, that's, the, that's my takeaway there. So, my goodness... All right, so a couple of things. We've got the big Disney earnings call that's happening today. And I'm going to make a prediction based on some of the stuff that I've seen and what I have, uh, what I have received information-wise here. Uh, Bob Chapik, the CEO of Disney... Uh, is in the habit of sending an email out to employees prior to the call. And that went out yesterday. And, excuse me, we have uh, some insights that we can glean from it. I wanna, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically what he's saying, uh, you know, 2020 has really been... Uh, you know, people use these, you know, unprecedented times as a, as a thing, but this is the, this is the new, uh, this is the new paradigm because we've seen what's going on with Warner Brothers and HBO Max, the big push there. We know that Disney has, uh, plans for Disney Plus and we are seeing some things there that give me reason to believe that what we're about to get from Disney is the same thing we just got from Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Uh, this is from the email from, from Bob Chapik. He says, uh, we have taken major steps over the past year, including rapidly growing our subscriber base on Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus in the U.S., launching Disney Plus in many international markets. So we're, we start off, he starts off talking about the digital platforms. And uh, the, second, the second paragraph of this thing, they're going to share further details about the company's accelerated strategic pivot to DTC, digital, this is, you know, uh, uh, the digital market. 
add, um, uh, unveil an amazing slate of new original content across our powerhouse brands and franchises. So this tells me, just from from reading, just from reading that, this tells me that Disney is going the same path that Warner Brothers went as it concerns HBO Max. And I imagine that today uh, we are hearing some rumblings that we're going to get some major Star Wars news today. Maybe uh, we'll probably get some Marvel, some Marvel announcements. We've seen new pictures of Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop on the set of Hawkeye. I think uh, we've got uh, partial sort of kind of confirmation that Charlie Cox is going to be back as Matt Murdock, Daredevil. And the new Spider-Man movie, along with everybody else on the face of the planet. Sadly, Mrs. Boss and I did not get the call to uh, to appear in the movie. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to take that up with my agent. Are you going to tell everybody about Hayden Oh, 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 oh. Well, yeah, we did see on, on Twitter this morning Hayden Christensen is going to reprise his role as Anakin Skywalker in Spider-Man 3. Uh, we did get uh, news earlier this week. Alfred Molina is going to be back as Doc Ock. So now we have four. We have uh, we have Jamie Foxx as Electro. We have, uh, we have Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. We have uh, Jake Gyllenhaal around as Mysterio. We have uh, Michael Keaton as the Vulture. So there's four of the Sinister Six. So if they include Craven in that, because Craven is getting a solo movie over on Sony, that would be five. And there's rumor that uh, they're talking about uh, Green Goblin coming back and perhaps getting um, uh, Willem Dafoe to come back to play the Green Goblin. I hear... Uh, J.K. Simmons, I saw something yesterday, somebody saying that J.K. Simmons was going to be back as J. Jonah Jameson from both versions, uh, from both both series of films, so we'll get two J.J.J.'s. I don't know, I, it, it's starting to feel a little bit bloated, but some of this is probably going to be cameos the way they did A Crisis on Infinite Earths over on the CW, where they just show up, and then they're gone, and they don't really contribute much to the movement of the story. Although these are major characters from these different franchises. So I don't know that you can do that very well. It's it's going to be a, a very delicate balancing act because if Kirsten Dunst is back, you've got three Spider-Mans. You know, it's, it's going to be... I hear Tom Holland is making a cameo in this movie. So... I don't know. Johnny Depp, yes, Sci-Fi Snob, Johnny Depp will be Captain Jack Sparrow in Spider-Man 3. It'll be... What's the what's the title? So we've got Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man Home Invasion, Spider-Man... What would, what would you call um, Home for the Holidays? Uh, uh, what, what would you call this kind of a big... It's basically a big family reunion. Um, home base. Home ba well, no, home base. Yeah, home ba well, Spider-Man, home, 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 home. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to brainstorm that a little bit. What? Homework. 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 
Yeah, Spider-Man Hallmark. Spider-Man Hallman back again, says Sci-Fi Snob. That's not a bad idea, too. All right, I'm only on my second cup of coffee, but now it's uh, it's one of those things where it's almost a necessary thing, given that we are coming up on the season finale of 2020. And uh, we have to keep all our wits about us because it's going to end on a cliffhanger, you know. And it just keeps getting better. I mentioned BitChute earlier. We are on BitChute. We're on Rumble. I haven't done anything with Rumble yet. I'm still trying to figure out exactly the best strategy for that. Uh, we have various different attorneys general uh, across the state filing uh, antitrust lawsuits against Facebook. The, the social media landscape, I think, is going to change quite a bit in the next six to eight months. And I think that's going to have a lot of effect on channels, both big and small. Uh, I mentioned the quartering going to a million subscribers. We're at 1533. So we don't have as big of a profile yet. Our footprint is teeny tiny small. But uh, I think eventually, just from looking at things, it does look like we might eventually be in the crosshairs ourselves. We, and I've been, you know, I've mentioned we've been looking for options anyway to get off of YouTube. And this, uh, this, new, this new decision from YouTube gives me a, even more incentive to, uh, to get that figured out uh, fairly soon. Now, I'm not going to get into politics as far as the election goes. I'm not going to say one way or the other. This is not about the election. This is about the platform we're using for our channel making decisions that are going to affect channels. Uh, whether, whether incidentally or directly, this could have an impact on a lot of channels, whether, whether those channels are talking politics or not. Because algorithms are algorithms. So this is on the YouTube blog. And it basically talks about some changes to their new policy because it, it, they're, they're using, uh, so the justification for this decision is you have, you know, we've passed the safe harbor deadline for the certification of, for the election. And they have decided, uh, because, you know, everybody is an election official now, but they have decided that they're going to uh, consider Joe Biden as the president-elect. And it says here that we will start removing any piece of content uploaded today or anytime after that misleads people by alleging that widespread fraud or errors changed the outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election in line with our approach toward historical U.S. presidential elections. For example, we will remove videos claiming that a presidential candidate won the election due to widespread software glitches or counting errors. So essentially, look, this is, this is something that I've said before. Algorithms are only as good as the people who program them, and everybody has a bias. And we know that Google and Alphabet and, and, and the tech blogs and Silicon Valley lean hard left. So I can only imagine what this is going to do. So if any channel just mentions in passing 
certain things with regard to the election, then that that puts a target on their backs. Now, we here, we don't cover politics. It occasionally will get mentioned, and sometimes we'll talk about politics within the context of a story that we're talking about. But we're not here sitting there talking about you know, all of the different things that are going on with uh, with regard to the election or anything else in terms of political, uh, you know, political events or, you know, party ideology or anything like that. However, this sets a precedent because we've seen, you know, we've talked about how YouTube is leaning really hard into the idea that mainstream media, the big, the big media companies like, you know, MSNBC, ESPN, CNN, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, your big names. The, that's where YouTube is trying to go. YouTube is not in this for the smaller independent channels anymore. YouTube is trying to be another Hulu. It's trying to be another another Netflix. They're going after that. They're going after DirecTV. They're going after uh, any of the any of the direct digital video channels uh, platforms that provide local and international content. And it's going to be something to watch because if YouTube is going to decide to be 1984 Big Brother on this topic, there is nothing that stops them from going 1984 on any topic. And that could be Comicsgate, it could be Gamergate, it could be uh, anything having to do with vaccines, it could be anything having to do with uh, Bill Gates, it could have anything to do with Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, the the possibilities. This opens the this opens the door to YouTube censoring all of its content. In which case, it's no longer a platform, ladies and gentlemen. But it hasn't been just a platform for a very long time. We all know this. The government knows it. YouTube knows it. Google knows it. Alphabet knows it. We all know that YouTube and Facebook and all of these others, they are not platforms. They are acting right now in the capacity of publishers and as such should face consequences for some of the decisions that they're making. So that's... That's a cause for concern because I keep looking at, you know, we mentioned I, we're, we're sitting at 1,533 in, in our subscriber count. And the latest thing that I've been reading was that subscriber count really doesn't matter so much as watch time. How long people watch your channel. Okay, well, how long do people watch our channel? That's the, that's the big question. So you're looking at watch time, and our watch time is doing fairly decent, I guess. Uh, there, we do have a lot of subscribers, but most of them probably don't watch anything that we do, and that's that's fine. A lot of non-subscribers come in and watch our stuff, and that's fine too. By the way, if you have not subscribed to the channel yet, we always, you know, are are hoping that you do. We invite you to do that. 
Um, but it's it's one of those things. Sci-fi stop. You're right. They have to make a decision. They can't have it both ways. But they would like to have it both ways. And so far, the government has allowed them to have it both ways. And at some point, whether whether you change Section 230 or you do away with Section 230 or 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 suddenly you decide that the social media companies are utilities instead of whatever it is that they are now. I mean, some kind of a change is going to have to be made in order for these platforms to be held accountable for some of the decisions that they make. Because right now there is no accountability. And I think that's the source of frustration for a lot of people is the fact that you've got arbitrary and and uh, 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 oh what's the word I'm looking for arbitrary and it just flew out of my head see I was on a roll I was on a roll there capricious thank you arbitrary and capricious decisions in application of their rules. Twitter's just as bad. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all of them are very selective in how they enforce their terms of service and their community guidelines and all of that other mess. And so at some point, someone is going to have to sit there and say, these are the rules you broke your rules, and this is the consequence. And whoever whoever that is, whether that's you know a government agency or a, a, a private enterprise that comes in, and and, and yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't I I don't know enough about it from a policy standpoint to really understand the, the best solution for this but i agree with i, I agree with you uh, sci-fi stuff they should just be platforms and that's the idea and that's what you're seeing with some of these other social media platforms that are starting to crop up and they're going to sit there and go okay here's what we're going to do we're going to provide you a platform you post whatever it is that you post we're not going to censor what you what you say we're not going to censor what you post on here unless it's you know violation of the law somehow whether you're calling for, you know, you're calling for violence or you're committing a crime or whatever that, you know, within reason, I can understand you're going to have some things there that that the platform is going to sit there and go, nope, you can't post that. But for the most part, by and large, these platforms are coming in saying you can post whatever you want to post. And looking at the landscape of all of these different ones, there are certain types of people that are gravitating toward the various different types of platforms. Parlor right now is full of political talk. Minds is a lot of end of the world prophecy, conspiracy. I mean, minds is a is a real interesting place to look at sometimes. MeWe is kind of a kind of a, a, a Facebook analog. So you're starting to see the the division of labor as it is as it were where the the different types of of discussions are gravitating toward 
certain platforms over another. And uh, it's it's interesting to watch the evolution of all of this because the the different platforms they're 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 getting their own identities whether they do this by design or not it's starting to work out that way and a lot of people have said you know parlor is just this big alt-right echo chamber i don't think that it is i've seen stuff over there posted by people who are on the left uh and on the right so it's it's a it is predominantly conservative in thought but it's not 100 percent. it's not an echo chamber not everybody's looking around uh you know patting each other on the back over there but i think a, a, a major change is in the wind and i i don't i don't know that 230 needs to be be completely taken out if you can you know like like snob says it could very well be 230 was a carve out that let them avoid their responsibility if you mandate that these companies take a hands-off a hands-off approach to what things get posted that's only part of it because you have all of these algorithms in place now, and we've had so much in the way of media coverage in terms of how the social media channels uh, radicalize and, you know, they form their own echo chambers based on your activity. You like this post, you retweet this, you, you save that, you share this. And based on your activity, these social media channels are going to feed you more of what you interact with. So if you like a post about The Last Jedi, you're going to start seeing more stuff that's sympathetic toward that particular opinion. They're going to play on your sympathies, not, not, to, uh, not to try to get you to do something, but to reinforce your own way of thinking. And it becomes, you get your own echo chamber, as it were, with these platforms sending back to you those things that you've interacted with in some way, shape, or form. We see this also with the advertising. If you buy this thing, now suddenly you're going to start seeing a bunch of ads for these things or related things. You are being tracked on everything. So it's, there are going to have to be changes. And we are looking here, I am looking here, at options for YouTube. And at one point we had tried uh, to, to do the Indiegogo to raise money to build our own platform. And I would still like to see something like that where we take the .com if you go to sci-fi-for-me.com, right now we have the videos that we that we produce. They're all embedded over there. But I would like to have a live player there so that when we sit there and we start broadcasting, we're broadcasting to our .com. And that way everything's all in one place. And we don't have to worry about algorithms and censorship. And I'm not going to rehash old territory because we've gone through this before but this decision from YouTube has me very concerned uh, 
Uh, and it has me thinking that this is a, a decision that is going to have to be made sooner rather than later in terms of what we're going to do. I think in the next six, eight months, you're going to start seeing people uh, migrating off of, of YouTube. Um, we're already starting to see some of it where uh, people are leaving Twitter, people are leaving Facebook. Uh, but I, I've been in touch with uh, Rumble and, uh, and BitChute trying to figure out when they're going to have live options as far as broadcasting goes. And Rumble doesn't have any plans to do it until sometime next year. I, I don't know that BitChute has uh, that option in development at all. And yes, stop. The key, par the key part of that is, uh, you know, getting getting our content out, telling people about it. And of course, we do rely on social media a lot for that. There is no easy answer. No easy answer at all. But it is going to be interesting to see how this how this plays out because the the ramifications of what happens in the election is going to trickle down, shall we say, uh, to a lot of other things. And depending on who ends up getting inaugurated in January, we could see some rather drastic changes in a lot of things, uh, social media being one of them. And I do think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think that uh, the, the opening salvos have been fired, I think Twitter and, and YouTube especially are going to be more nefarious in this. It is very much going to be 1984 around here for a long while with regard to those two platforms. And I think Facebook is going to be the same way. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook are both are, are the, the evil oligarchs in the story. And I think you're going to have problems with... Uh, various different organizations coming up against the whole you can't say that, you can't say that, fact check, fact check, fact check. Fortunately, we have not run into that. But a lot of that is because we talk about Star Wars and we talk about Doctor Who and we talk about, you know, uh, Dragon Riders of Pern and, and Dungeons and Dragons and all that kind of thing. You know, science fiction, fantasy, and horror don't always necessarily get overtly political in the sense uh, we have to worry about what we say. But given how things are right now with, you know, the whole Comicscape movement and what happened with Gamergate, and now we see the reactions to what uh, what Gina Carano has been doing over on Twitter, and and it, it, the, the gatekeeping and the purity testing is there. And eventually, I have no doubt that we will be caught up in it in some way, shape, or form whether that's a transparency tube label or we get stuck in a, in a discussion thread somehow when we get tagged and somebody labels us or we get false flagged or we get uh, brigaded. At some point, something's going to happen. I'm fairly certain about that because it's one of those things where uh, as, and we saw this happen with Peter Smitty. Peter Smitty, for the longest time over at Alterna Comics, he decided, I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to take a side. I'm just here to sell comics. I publish comics. 
I love comics. I talk comics. I, I'm, that's, that's all we're going to do. We're going to talk comics. And if you want to talk comics, we'll talk comics. He didn't talk politics. He didn't talk about what was going on in uh, society at large. He kept his mouth shut and he, he just did his thing. He's a comic book publisher. And at some point, somebody decided to label him as Comicsgate. And it came out probably, it, it was about the time when he had uh, his social media policy was made public. And he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take a side because sides get picked for you. And I've had this conversation internally here, uh, both with Mrs. Boss and Mr. Harvey. I've said, you know, at some point, we're going to be on a side whether we want to be or not, whether we choose to be or not. Somebody will pick sides for us and that will be it. And I know that day is coming. We do our best to stay objective, especially with our news coverage. Our opinion pieces, you know, we've, we're all over and, and, you know, a good mix here. And I like the fact that we have a good mix of ideologies here. It, it keeps things balanced. And, you know, so far, uh, so far we have not had reason to worry about the brigade coming after us, the cancel cult coming after us. I know Sci-Fi Snob has, has made efforts on that on that part. Um, fortunately, we are impervious to his machinations. Um, so, there's that. We're not canceled yet. And at some point, I think maybe in the uh, around the 15-year mark will be an overnight success. In the meantime, we'll just, you know, stay the course. We keep doing what we're doing. Uh, and if we find a bigger audience, that's great. If this is as big as, as the audience ever gets, then that's fine too. All right, so if... I'm going to change, change tacks here for just a minute. We have... I am currently working. I'm try. I gotta. I gotta send a note to our our supplier. But we're working on mugs. Um, kind kind of like these. This is a prototype, but we're working on mugs to uh, make available. But we do have stickers. If you want one, uh, you can send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. Sci-fi for me, 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030. And if you have review materials you'd like to send to us, a book, a DVD, a comic book, uh, you could send those to us there as well. Mrs. Boss, do you have anything to to add? Is there anything that that you think I should be talking about today? Because the Disney call is not until 4.30, I think. Something. is. It's not until this afternoon. Uh, so we'll be keeping an eye on that and, and probably listening in, but, um, yeah, I can't think of anything else that, that we should cover, just an immediate pressing thing. It seems like there's something else out there that, that I should be, I should be talking about, but I don't know, right off the top of my head, I'm not thinking of anything else. What? 
Oh, a school closings update. Yeah, we're still working on that. Hello, Matuane, joining us there in the chat. So, um, oh well, let me ask. Let me let me open this up to to those of you in the chat who are here uh, with us live. Where am I? Am I missing a topic to cover? There are things that I should be talking about that I haven't been talking about. You know, I'm gonna complain for a minute. Because I just noticed something that this camera is doing. Every time I tell the camera where the focus should be, it decides not. Um, do you see? Do you see? Do you see that? That see that? It did it again. That thing's got autofocus turned on again. That bugs me so much because every time there's any kind of a of a of a twitchy thing with the cameras, it's because it's it's reset back to the defaults, and I keep telling it, I keep turning the autofocus off, and it keeps turning itself back on. All right, rant's over. <sighs> Um, uh, uh, science fiction fantasy writers of America grandmaster this year I have not read any of her work I'm not familiar uh, I do I have seen I have seen the question about why she was selected because I, I think she's only got what four books uh, four books published as opposed to, you know, past uh, grandmasters who've had uh, 20 or 30 books. And, and, you know, you look at somebody like Ben Bova, uh, who just passed away, and his body of work compared to some of the, the more recent winners of the Grandmaster uh, Award, and it, they, they, just, they just don't compare. Um, who won it? Let me look that up real quick because it's not it's not anybody that I'd ever heard of. And let me see, Nello Nello Hop, Hopkinson. Let me pull this up here. Um, monitor. <laughs> yeah, Nello Hopkinson, the thirty seventh Damon Knight Grandmaster. First first book, Brown Girl in the Ring, won the Warner Aspect First Novel Contest in 1998 and the John W. Campbell Award for Best New Writer, Locus Award for Best First Novel. So, okay, she's got some accolades. <clears throat> she's got some... Uh, she's got some awards. But doesn't have a whole lot as far as a, a bibliography. You know, her body of work, six books published and three short story books. Thank you, Snob. Uh, that's not a lot. Ben Bova's got, what, 30, 30-something 30 books published? I have to, I'd have to look that up. It just... It just strikes me that our criteria for these kind of things is not as... Stringent, not as 
I I hesitate to use the word discriminatory because the you know nowadays you say anything about discrimination that it that it implies a racial component, and I don't mean anything about that. If you discriminate, it means you are holding something separate and apart from something else. In in that in that uh, that literal definition, if you're going to discriminate on the 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 basis of the body of work it seems like a lot of these awards are not not as discriminatory as as particular about who gets their awards anymore um yeah oh Okay, now I knew that Ben Bova had been past president of S, uh, of CIFWA. He done it, he he had two consecutive terms. You and you're saying he does not have a grandmaster award. That's a crime. Somehow I missed that. He he should he should definitely have one. I mean, given given his well, the the Grand Tour series of books, there's 22 just there. Youngest Grandmaster at 59. She hasn't done very much. Check Check my messenger on Facebook, she says. What is is this? Uh, My associate producer and program monitor here. Um... The Corbin thing? Richard Corbin, this is apparently breaking news. Richard Corbin, heavy metal artist, has passed away at age 80. Horror and fantasy comic book artist, passed away December 2nd following heart surgery. Uh, This was announced by his wife, Donna. So this this just happened. Okay. All right, so Richard Corbin, uh, dead after heart surgery. Our condolences to his family. So, Bova has over 125 published books. It, that's, that's just a crime. That should... That should not be that way. All right, so uh, earlier this week, we dropped a new episode of Salacious Crumbs with all the latest Star Wars news. Tomorrow night, we've got a new Ranker Pit talking about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. This weekend, Saturday, we have uh, Good Morning Multiverse on uh, at 10 o'clock. And then at noon central, we've got a new episode of Foreign Bodies uh, with Leslie and Tim talking about foreign horror from uh, Spain, I believe, is is this weekend's conversation. So tune in for that. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, Snob, you mentioned Joe Haldeman. We haven't we have an interview with Joe Haldeman here uh, from this show. So any of you who missed that before, you feel free to check that out. Um Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead. We're gonna ba- we're gonna bail because I got to prep for Saturday, and uh, get some other things done uh, 
office-wise and, and, you know, put on my, my CEO hat. So we will be back with more of this program on Monday. Remember this one thing. Sometimes a cat is just a cat. Be watching social media for, for announcements. We'll be back on Monday. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.